Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You're the first one in, last one out, and you do whatever it takes to succeed. Nonetheless, 25 million Americans have chosen the entrepreneurial life because it's equal parts demanding and fulfilling. Welcome to the People First, Then Profit podcast. Join hospitality veteran, photographer, and entrepreneur Don Mamoni each week as he hosts a candid, no-holds-barred conversation with successful business owners and entrepreneurs eager to share their professional secrets with you. Like his crazy Italian family does on Sunday nights, he's serving up a healthy portion of inspiration, motivation, and education, so I hope you're hungry. Now, here's your host, Don Mamoni. All right, everybody, welcome back to the People First and Profit podcast. I am excited about today's story as much as I am about today's knowledge and experience that is being shared with us by somebody that I met through. I know you're all going to be super shocked, Cassie Brown of Amplify My Impact fame. I met Michelle because I was talking to Cassie about the idea of outsourcing intelligently and how we create automations, largely not only because I need it for myself, but some members of my coaching program were thinking, this is something I really need to get invested in. I know something about it, but I wouldn't consider myself an expert. I so enjoyed my conversation with Michelle. I immediately said, please, please, please spend 30 or 40 minutes with me on my podcast, it's called People First and Profit. And she said, okay, yeah, that sounds great, which I'm humbled and super happy to have her here. Hi, Michelle. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it, Don. I am genuinely so excited about this, again, because of the story that created this unbelievable transformation in your life and in then by extension, your business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was uh, definitely the silver lining on the cloud. I gotta tell you, you had to look real hard you had to try real hard and put full faith and effort to find that silver lining. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and read just a very brief bio that you provided me to tell people uh, the, this is like the intro to the book that could be war and peace. We could probably talk about it all day. I'm just going to give them that. We'll talk about your story for a hot second. And then we're going to go ahead and go into the questions about this concept of intelligent outsourcing and automation. Does that sound all right? Sounds great. Let's rock and roll. All right, here we go. I always work really hard to make sure that I try to do these bios justice, especially in this case. So here we go. Automation and outsourcing saved her life. After a life-altering stroke at the age of 36, Michelle had to start all over again. From a successful MBA in finance to a second grade IQ level overnight. Since her stroke, she had to learn how to automate and outsource as much as humanly possible. It touches everything she does. Now, Michelle is on a mission to help free people from the unnecessary tasks they do and will stop at nothing to help them get their freedom back. Ooh, Michelle, why don't we just start right at that big, huge, glaring, one metric ton elephant in the room. You had a debilitating life altering stroke at the age of 36. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was actually working as a project controls engineer for a large construction company and we were at the end of a 10 hour shift. That's nothing. We did four tens and, you know, just getting ready to turn the computer off and all of a sudden half the computer screen went black. And I thought, what in the world? My computer screen, something's wrong with my computer screen. And I turned my head and half the computer screen followed me. <laughs> And so I realized looking at the wall that I couldn't see half the wall either. And I was like, 
that's not good. So I said to my coworkers, I was like, Hey guys, I can't see. And they're like, ah, ha ha funny. That's Michelle. Right. Cause we joked around a lot. We were really close. We had a, we had a really good working relationship and I'm like, no guys, seriously, I, I can't see. They're like, Oh my gosh. So we called 911 went to the hospital and, um, it actually, believe it or not, took, um, four specialists and six months to actually figure out that I did, uh, have a stroke. So that's a whole story in and of itself. But, um, yeah, it was crazy because I went to the ER and, um, they ran a cat scan, didn't see anything. It got missed. And, um, they're like, okay, you're, you're probably just tired. Just go home and sleep it off. And, you know, you'll probably feel better tomorrow. So I did what they said. I get up and went to work the next day and, uh, I was still slurring speech and I couldn't walk. I was still dragging my right side and I had, um, chronic migraines too. So, you know, that wasn't all that unusual because sometimes that could happen when you, you have a migraine. So I thought, okay, you know, I'm just super tired and probably going to have another migraine. So I'm good. So I got to work and sat in front of my computer and realized I had no idea how to do my job. It was like literally somebody had come in with an eraser and just erased that part of my brain. It was gone. So I, I went into I, my, I just got chills. I, I kid you not like the hair on, on my arm in the back of my neck stood up, like the feeling of sitting down in front of something that you have done each and every day yeah, and for years, have, for years and not yeah. be able to do it. And I mean, even like I went in and people I had worked with for three years, I couldn't remember their name. I was like, I know, I know you. <laughs> and oh my God. I just, I couldn't remember their name. And so I went into my boss's office and luckily I remembered his name and I was like, Grant, something's really wrong, man. Like somebody's got to have to check my work. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. And he turned his head and he went, well, that's not good. And I went, yeah, I know. And he's like, no, no, I'm not worried about the work. I'm worried about you go back to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh, <laughs> so, you know, we went back to the, to the ER and it started a, a long trail, but, um, but yeah, it was not a fun journey. So it ended up actually taking, um, three years of physical therapy and occupational therapy to be able to, to talk and walk again. And, um, I had to learn how to automate all of my life. So, um, I have some significant permanent brain damage now. And so I don't remember if I turn a stove on or that I'm supposed to brush my teeth every morning or when I'm supposed to take my medicine or let the dog out. So I actually have machines in my house that do all this for me. And that's actually the really cool thing of how the business happened because I thought, well, gee, if we can do this with everyday life stuff, mm -hmm. why can't we do it with business? And we just slowly started tackling it one task at a time. And uh, I'll be darned if it didn't work. And so now we're actually changing a whole bunch of people's lives and it's like super awesome. I, I got to say it. So when, when we talk about an automation and intelligent outsourcing, I think most people in the business sphere admittedly would say, oh, cool. Yeah. You know, I got to automate this process and that process. And I got to figure out how to make this simpler and that simpler. You're literally talking about the fact that over a period of time, you had to automate your actual existence, your actual life. Yeah. And so there's a story behind that where it got super real. Uh, so what we found out over that six month journey is the reason that I had the stroke is because I have an underlying, um, 
hereditary blood disorder. It's called factor five. And I was lucky enough to get the homozygous, uh, which means I got it from both parents, which about 2% of the world has. Um, so what that means is inside of my body, it thinks there's a cut all the time. And so it's trying to heal a cut inside of my vein. And so it's constantly trying to make a scab. Therefore it's constantly making blood clots. Well, that day a blood clot had, had gone to my brain and cut off oxygen for a couple of minutes. And that's what happened. Um, and so I remember sitting in the doctor's office and them saying, well, Michelle, it's not a matter of if you have another stroke, it's a matter of when, Mm. and this is just the cards that you've been dealt. So at 36, they told me, Michelle, go make a will, make a power of attorney, um, make sure that all your affairs are in order because it's going to happen again. And we don't know when. And so I had to look at life and realize, well, gee, I might only have six months left if that. And so I wanted to download all the information that was still in my brain and give it off to the next generation. And so what it became was a legacy project. Mm -hmm. And so I realized, okay, if I were to get hit by a Mack truck tomorrow, what would I want to tell somebody today and how do I save it? And so I started recording videos and I started mm-hmm. downloading my brain into videos and then turning it into processes and systems so that as if that day happened and I had another stroke um, and it, it wasn't even if it was when, you know, mm-hmm. things would be in place so that the work that I had started would be able to continue. And that's honestly how it happened was I was trying to pass on to the next generation what I had learned. And then, as you said earlier, uh, it, well, first of all, it's so hard for me to think about even saying, okay, now how does this apply to business? But that's what you did. And so I'm going to take your lead. And although I want to talk about the um, unbelievable humanitarian nature of what you've been through, we're going to kind of steer it towards business a bit because earlier you basically said, so then I started to see how this could apply to business. And it's interesting. I'm not going to say funny. It's very interesting how the things that you dealt with as a human being, basically on the flesh and blood level, apply somewhat perfectly and ironically to the pains that people have in business. I don't know how to automate this. Uh, the pain point is this, that, and the other. They, they are parallels in a sense. One, of course, being infinitely more valuable than the other because you're literally talking about human life versus the operation of a business. But you had to work real hard. But once you saw that silver lining, you said, okay, great. I'm going to take all the stuff that I learned all the effort I put forth to create these automations and these systems. And I'm going to teach people how to do this both so that they could fiscally excel, but also so that they could live a life by design that they wanted to live because we all know that every moment is precious. And I got to say it, it takes a considerable amount of effort to, to sort of reflect on anyone's mortality at any point in their life. And so for you to have been served that up at such a young age just shows your courage and, and, the, and then, and then applying it to helping other people just shows your authenticity and the genuine nature uh, of your philanthropy. I mean, I'm, I'm in awe really. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And the super exciting part about all of this, which we'll get to later is why I built the company that I did, because it's, 
yes, I want to help business owners, but it's really honestly about changing my employees' lives. And we'll get to that. So, okay. But- All right. Well, let's do that. Let's get started. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. They're um, based on my knowledge and understanding of the way that you've created this unbelievable business, both for your clients and your employees. All right. Uh, they sort of escalate and it talks a little bit about why a business owner and how a business owner, and then going on into sort of uh, slightly more deep topics. And the first one, of course, is how do you create systems to automate? In this case, we're talking about business, but you're sort of now just an automations expert in general. So how, how does a business owner create systems and automation in their business? Yeah, the best way that I learned how to do this was to make it ridiculously simple. Because a lot of times we think that it has to be this big complex monster and it really doesn't. Um, you know, a lot of probably nine out of 10 business owners that I run into have never created their standard operating procedures because they think it has to be this like formal thing and, you know, look like this and it's 1.1.1.b, right? <laughs> and, um, and it doesn't have to be that, right? So it can be something as simple as when you're doing a task, just record a video of yourself doing that task and talk through that task and basically download all those little tiny micro decisions that you make instantaneously into that video. So then somebody can then take that video and create a step-by-step document. And now guess what? You have a duplicatable system for that task now, and you'll never have to do that task again because you can hand it to somebody else and have them do it exactly as you would have done it because you took two seconds to record it in a video. And I think when we don't do it because we think it's this like huge thing, right? And it's like, how do you eat an elephant? Well, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. And so if you just give yourself a goal of, if I can just record a video one time a week, for just one task. Well, guess what? At the end of a month, you now have four tasks that you never have to do again. So maybe that gives you two hours back. Well, great. Take one hour and go relax and take that other hour and record two more videos. Now you've got six tasks and it it turns into this like snowball. Mm -hmm. And so then what we do is we take a look at all the tasks that we do. And um, I actually have a a spreadsheet that helps people with this. Um, What we do is we take an inventory of everything that you do for a week. And we ask ourselves, one, do I absolutely have to do this task or can somebody else do this for me? Mm -hmm. Right. Like this interview right here, I can, I, nobody else can do this for me. I have to do this, Mm -hmm. but all the background editing, all the promotion, all the, everything else that goes into marketing this podcast, I'm not going to do any of that right? My Mm -hmm. team is going to do that because I've taught them how to do it and it just sits and runs. So um, that's kind of one example. So we, so we ask ourselves, do you have to do that yourself or could somebody else do it? Or could we get a piece of software to do Mm. it? And I love a hybrid of having a virtual assistant and a software because a lot of times a piece of software can do it really efficiently, but it only gets it like 80%, right? And Mm -hmm. 80% still kind of sucks and it looks like a machine did it. So then what we do is we come in with our virtual assistant and we polish the 80% to 95%. And I tell people all the time, if you can get it 90% complete to, um, if somebody can duplicate it 90% of what you would have done, Mm -hmm. 90% is better than a hundred percent. 
And people look at me and go, what? And I'm like, well, okay, think about it. So they didn't move the graphic two two degrees that way, right? Did your marketing message still get out? Mm -hmm. Did the social media posts still get out? Did you free up four hours of your time? Yeah. So 90% is better than 100% because I didn't have to do it myself anymore. And so when we start looking at every task in our business and we, and, and we look at, okay, what can software do? Cause software can do some amazing things. And then software is only going to get us so far. Then where do we bring in a human to push it over the edge and really polish it and make it, make it better. So much of what you said, um, makes me think of the, we always say words are very important. Okay. And that they're not often interchangeable, but I have to say, you've done a brilliant job of putting two words right beside each other, if not making them interchangeable. And that's simple and easy. I've told people many a time that something can be very simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. And because something's easy doesn't mean it's simple, right? So you have created a work of art that creates a system that makes something fairly simple and easy at the same time. And you've forced people to reckon with a couple of false beliefs that are rampant in the entrepreneurship community, including myself, nobody's going to do this the way I do it. I can't possibly train somebody to do this thing. In actuality, none of that is true. And so by sitting them down in front of a spreadsheet, a tool that is somewhat binary, right? You take the subjective emotion out of it and you're like, do I have to do this? AKA I'm doing the interview. It's my voice. It's my story. Yep. I need to do it. Do I need to create this graphic? Nope. Somebody else can create this graphic. And if I teach them how to do it, as close to how I would want it done as possible and can go serve people in the way that I know that only I can, everything gets better. Yeah. And the super cool part that most people don't even realize when they're doing it is, well, let's say my graphic designer quits. Most people are like, crap, now I've got to go retrain somebody. No, you don't. Guess what? You've got a video and a document. You never have to train again. <laughs> and we've, we live in a world that facilitates all that, right? So somebody that's listening right now, Michelle, you know, is like, well, I don't know how to do that. If you have a smartphone <laughs> and reasonable knowledge, you can put that smartphone up against something and literally just talk to it like you would talk to anybody else. It does not have to be overcomplicated. You don't have to yep. use Loom. You don't have to, you know, you just start wherever you can grow into something more complicated or more uh, yeah. adept or more fancy, but just do it. Just start. Yeah. Just and, it, start. And, and what happens is your brain will start thinking about things differently because you've asked it a different question. You've asked it, how do I no longer have to do this myself? And when you do that, it's crazy because you'll be in the shower and you'll be washing your hair and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I could do that. (laughs) I don't have to do that. Right. Your brain will give you the answers and it doesn't have to be perfect. So many people think it has to be perfect. Why you're, you're giving it to a staff member to train them. Why does it have to be perfect? Who cares? As long as it gets the information from you to them. Exactly. Right. And it can be an iterative process, right? That's an, it's an, it's a new team member, right? You're going to work with them, which is the most amazing transition. Let's go ahead and talk about it. So I'm sure that this is the part where we talk about the way that you're impacting the lives of your employees. How do you hire a rock star, unbelievable asset to your business VA? Yeah. Yeah. So this is definitely a skill set. Um, and it's something that I've been doing for about 15 years. So I've been outsourcing even before I had a stroke. And um, I can tell you that there are for, there there are lots of places in the world to go find amazing rock star VAs. 
for me personally, I go to the Philippines and there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, first of all, their English is really good because mm. that is their, um, they have two primary languages there. And so if you go into a hospital or you go into a doctor's office or a lawyer, they're going to speak English. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing is they're very immersed inside of American culture. They know who LeBron James is. They know who Kim Kardashian is, mm. right? They get our, our humor, our language for the most part, right? A good solid 90%. So for me, it was really easy because there wasn't a, lang- a language barrier or a slang gap per se. Mm-hmm. The second thing is they are very, very hardworking, loyal people, and they just want to be part of a family. Family is huge for them. And so when you create an environment inside of your business that is family-like, team-driven, and you really care about them, they don't want to go anywhere because that makes them happy and fulfills them. And so, and the the third reason is um, the American dollar to the Filipino peso conversion rate is very, very favorable. And what I do with my staff is I'm going to pay them five times what they would normally make. Mm -hmm. So that equates out to about 50 or $60 an hour in the United States uh, to do their work. And so um, I don't pay them the bare minimum. I want uh, my job is my goal with my business is to break the cycle of poverty in the Philippines. So I want to give entrepreneurs time back and I want to reprogram their brains so that they start to think, oh, I don't have to do this myself. I can do this. And then on the other side, every single staff member that I hire, I am paying them five times what they would make so they can then send their kids to school. They can send their nieces and nephews to school. They're going to, they're, they're very religious people. So they're going to their churches and um, putting money into their churches, which is then going into the community and helping the poor and all kinds of things. So it's this ripple effect, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're doing it one employee at a time. And that's what gets me super excited is the fact that by having a stroke, I am actually breaking the cycle of poverty in the Philippines, which is super awesome. It's, it's literally two sides of an unbelievably valuable coin, right? So you're impacting the lives of people here running businesses and doing so uh, in a way you're impacting their lives in a way that makes them more efficient and helps them spend more time, live a life by design, all those things. And yet on the other side, you're not exploiting a culture of people with an attitude of like, hey, you're lucky to have our American dollar, which I'm not going to say is prevalent, but it exists, right, in the world. It's a lot more prevalent than you would think, unfortunately. Yeah. And and so that's something that I really buck up hard against. Like, like my job as a business owner is to be the best boss, boss that they've ever had and treat them like gold. Mm-hmm. And that will, in fact, not only have a monetary impact right? So it's one thing to pay them five times their wage, but to feel valued and to feel like they're worth something more than they would feel otherwise is huge. And to take that one step further, we, I actually have a lot of, um, barriers that I put in place for my clients on purpose so that I tell my staff, okay, great. We work Monday through Friday. You shouldn't be, don't check your email Saturday and Sunday. I don't want to hear from you. I want you spending time with your family. I want you, um, you know, out with your friends. I want you to have a life. Your job is not your life. So if somebody pings you on Saturday and says, I need this, 
okay, great. Get to it on Monday. That is not your problem, mm. right? Because we, we, I work really, really hard to make sure that they have an awesome work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, we do some other cool things to make sure that, um, it's not just about the money. So we pay for their retirement in the Philippines. They have something called SSS, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of like our 401k and social security combined. Okay. And then, um, they have, uh, what's called Phil health. And so that's their health insurance. Uh, but there's some gaps. So if you, if you think of like our Medicare and yeah. how it only pays like 80, 20, mm-hmm. um, same kind of thing over there. So I actually pay for the supplement to Medicare, uh, so that they have good health coverage. Um, you know, we pay them bonuses, we give them time off, uh, we pay for holidays, we make sure that they're able to spend time with their families and go do things where, um, this is like mostly unheard of because, uh, as a freelancer, um, unfortunately, a lot of times people are like, what you said, well, Hey, you should just be grateful to have a job. I need you Mm -hmm. 24 seven. So if it's two o'clock in the morning and I need you to send an email, you should probably get up and do that. And I'm like, absolutely not. Which it's not good for the employee. And it's also not good for the business owner. I mean, I do talk about work-life integration and trying to make it so that, you know, you don't feel like you have to check out from your business as a business owner, but as far as team members go, you want them to know, and you want to set them up for the most amount of success, which means a certain Mm -hmm. schedule and a certain ability to foresee things coming, right? Not having an emergency makes you a better boss as well. Well, and not only that, but you know, if they've had the weekend to unwind, guess what? On Monday, they're ready to hit the ground running. You know, they're, they're ready to come back to work versus, you know, if they feel like they always have to be on, guess what? That's going to, even though you don't realize it, it's taking part of their mental capacity. Yep. I always say that like the, the tighter you hold grip, oftentimes the more things slip through your fingers, right? You have to hold people, um, gently. All right. So let's, The next, I think, thing that people oftentimes think about as an entrepreneur is the quality of the output will be diminished, the cost will be too high, all those types of things. And not only just the financial cost, but but the cost of like, well, if this isn't done exactly the way I would have done it. So let's talk a little bit about sort of what does it look like from uh, from the standpoint of the output as well as the cost? Yeah, great question. And there are some things that... I would probably never hire in the Philippines for. So for example, um, if I'm want a super technical app, right. I'm probably going to India because that's mm-hmm. their superpower. Yeah. Right. So you have to know if you're going to outsource, go to the best place to outsource. Right. Mm-hmm. So the Philippines is really, really good at like graphic design, uh, building simple websites, admin tasks, social media, those kind of uh, bookkeeping, um, mm-hmm. CPAs, right? That That is going to be like really, you're going to find really highly educated, high quality work there. Okay. Um, but I would not be sending um, all of my legal documents there for them to review them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, it's a, distinguishing of what makes sense to outsource and what doesn't some we, we probably need to keep in house, right? Mm-hmm. Because it makes sense to do that. And the other cool thing is, is, you know, we talk about the American economy and a lot of times people are like, Oh my gosh, you're sending work overseas. Yes, I am. And here's 
why? Because if I can cut down my overhead costs on admin and graphic, like simple graphic design stuff, now I can afford to pay skilled workers in the United States more. Right. Right. So before I might not have been able to pay $45 an hour, but because I cut my, my admin tasks by 40%, Mm -hmm. Now I can afford to pay $45 or $50 an hour for the super technical technical work. And that's the really cool part about bringing some in source, uh, in keeping some in, in <laughs> yep, I can talk, some in-house and um, outsourcing some. I, I got to say that that distinguishing uh, characteristic there and, and you pointing out that it's not necessarily like we can't send skilled uh, projects for skilled labor to an outsourced market, right? Like when you go offshore, you just have to be really intelligent and strategic about what skills you're looking for. So that is a huge differentiator. And then your concept of the economy, you really are touching on the fact that a rising tide, okay? So this is a skill that I could certainly get in the United States, but by outsourcing it, I save X percent of overhead. I'm going to take that percent and I'm going to either outsource it here, put it to work here, do whatever I'm going to do here in the United States. So I feel like most people see that as a binary, right? You either get labor in-house or in the United States, or you outsource it. Uh, and if you do one or the other, you're you're a horrible person. Whereas there is a blend. There is an opportunity for those things to work together. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Because the the... When you look at it by and large, um, most of the people in the United States want to do skilled work. They mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to do, you know, the the twelve dollar or fifteen dollar an hour admin tasks mm-hmm. um, or data scraping or repetitive stuff. They they would rather learn a skill because that's kind of what we've been taught, right, as Americans, mm-hmm. um, because that translates into forty five dollars an hour, right? Sure. Um, and so now I can afford to put money into both economies. So I'm growing the GDP in the United States and in the Philippines at the same time, because I'm just being smarter where I'm putting my dollar. Man, you have, again, I'm just going to go ahead and compliment you that you've taken something that could have been hard and complicated. You've broken it down into a system that was necessary for your existence that made it both simple and easy. It's still a process, which means you still have to go through it. But I had no idea, I'll be candid, I know we touched on it a little bit when we first spoke, but I had no idea just exactly how deeply this river runs for you as far as the fact that your sort of a rising tide concept means that you're helping everybody, the business owner, yourself as a company, the employee as a, as a, a group and a body of people that, that need lifted up. So uh, I'm so happy you shared that. So the last question uh, I'm gonna help you with from a perspective, it, it leads perfectly into the call to action that we talked about. Uh, I ask typically at the end of these interviews, what's the one thing that you can share with the audience that they can do today to have an immediate impact on their business or their life? And the, the generosity in your heart is that you have, you're giving away to the audience your task discovery tool. And that could be their immediate call to action that could absolutely change their business and their life is downloading your task discovery and going through this process of discovering, is this something that I can automate, delegate, or delete? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I get asked all the time, you know, Michelle, that's great. I know I should outsource. What the heck do I outsource first? And can I even do that? Mm -hmm. So after getting asked that a whole bunch of times, um, I'm one who I want to touch it once and never touch it again. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, great. Let's record some videos teaching people exactly what's in my brain on how I figure out what I would delegate first. So what I did was I just created a real simple Excel spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and, um, 
in there, I have you take inventory for a week of everything that you do. And then I'm going to ask you those three questions. And the cool part is, is there's three videos on that page that show you specifically how to, uh, I kind of uh, shift your mindset just a little bit and have you look at the task at a couple different ways to see Mm -hmm. if we can answer those questions. And by the end of that week, you will know exactly, okay, I need an admin first, and this is going to give me back 25 hours a week. And this is how I do it. And so, you know, which video to exactly to start recording first. It's a, it's an awesome thing. So I hope it's very, very helpful to you guys. I appreciate you doing that. And then of course, I want to let people know that that's only the first step future steps, subsequent efforts, sourcing these VAs, determining who the best fit is for you, how to find them. That's what Michelle is an expert at. I have no problem using the word expert. Uh, We're going to give you some resources real quick. We're also going to put them in the show notes. So don't feel like you have to write them all down. But uh, we know that Michelle is available at awesomeoutsourcing.com. She's also on Facebook as Awesome Outsourcing. And she is a big fan of LinkedIn. So you can find her, Michelle Thompson, on LinkedIn. And she's even got some assets that she can share with you about how to create leads on LinkedIn and help generate business on LinkedIn. So guys, uh, all of this information is in the show notes. Uh, It's awesomeoutsourcing.com slash task dash discovery. Just check the show notes. You can use that link download that uh, Excel spreadsheet, get to work. She has made it media rich. And once again, I want to compliment her on making it both simple and effective and as easy as is possible to open that. I have it. I've looked at it. I've started to use it. It is life-changing so that you can determine what you can automate, delegate, or delete. Uh, Michelle, as we wrap up today, I have a super fun uh, process. We do a quick lightning round and I hope that's all right with you. So I'm yeah. going to fire a couple of questions right off the top of my head. I have to say it's winter time. What's your favorite thing about winter? Snow. I love the white. It just looks so beautiful. It's clean. I got to tell you, Texas is not a huge fan of snow right now based on what we've <laughs> gone through, but we learned our lesson. Hopefully we're going to make changes so that we can deal with it like the North and the East deal with it. Um, but I agree with you. I think it's beautiful. Uh, all right. So what's your favorite warm beverage in the middle of winter? Oh my gosh. Every day I have a uh, cafe latte, French mm. vanilla. French vanilla cafe latte. Hey, Tim uh, and Michelle with Connect Over Coffee. Are you out there listening? Cafe latte, French vanilla. Uh, I actually just uh, consumed their course about coffee art and creating a beautiful latte at home since we're all in large part stuck at home. It was wonderful. Uh, Okay. So the next question is, how about favorite type of movie genre, like romance, rom-com, action, adventure? Oh, I'd have to say rom-com because I usually just want to like sit back and just laugh. Check, <laughs> I just check want to out. check out and have fun. And just enjoy it. Okay. Uh, so here's a question. Have you been to the Philippines? I have not, but I am actually planning as soon as COVID's over um, next year to go to uh, Dumagate City. I'm so okay. excited. So I assume that you know a little bit about the culture. Can you share like your favorite thing about the F- Filipino culture? Do you have something? It's the food, the music. I mean, I'm sure the people. Yeah. So definitely the people, I think one of the fun things about them is they love to sing. They sing all the time. Is that right? Yeah. I'm glad that I'm not Filipino and you are too, because I can't carry a tune in a bag. And so I would not want to be one of the people. Well, they may singing. not either, but they're going to sing anyway. I, I know. And I love, I love embodying that, that idea of like devil may care, just enjoy <laughs> life and, and sing a song. Michelle, your story is 
transformational to hear, inspirational to hear, motivational to hear. So I, I just so appreciate you um, being brave enough and being so true and so open with your story and the knowledge and the experience that you've shared with us. I feel like anybody that's listening right now has learned a great deal in the last 40 minutes. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here. So I appreciate the opportunity. You bet. All right, guys. Uh, if you want more information about Michelle, about uh, my coaching program, all of it is in the show notes. We appreciate you so much for listening. I'm going to have Adam Wilmore take us out of here. Have a spectacular week. Thanks for listening to the People First and Profit podcast. If you like this episode, and I'm pretty sure you did, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends, fans, and followers wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for additional information about this week's guest, as well as a list of all the links and resources we discussed. Be sure to visit peoplefirstinprofit.com for a ton of great content, free resources, and links to the People First and Profit community. All right, I'm Adam Wilmore, and on behalf of your host, Don Mamoni, we'll see you next week.